Michiganders can be a superstitious bunch. We find all sorts of reasons to explain the world around us, sometimes pulling from science, sometimes tradition, and sometimes from our imaginations. What happens when we can't readily explain our experiences? And what happens when a ghost story gets out of hand? Do these legends stem entirely from fantasy? Or are people seeing things no one can truly explain? I'm Krista K. Coburn. And I'm Kay Gray. Welcome to Haunted Mitten. We are delving back into the world of haunted universities. In episode four of season one, we looked at the popular ghost stories of Central Michigan University and Michigan State University. If you missed it, go back and check it out. In this episode, we are looking at four schools, two colleges, Aquinas and Baker, and two universities, Northern Michigan and Siena Heights. Starting us off is Aquinas, a small Roman Catholic liberal arts college in Grand Rapids. There are around 2,000 students, grad and undergrad, so yeah, it's pretty small. The Novitiate Normal School was founded in Traverse City in 1886, then moved to Grand Rapids in 1911, and renamed Aquinas College in 1940 in honor of St. Thomas Aquinas and the school's founder, Mother Aquinata Fiegler. Hey Kay, did you know that St. Thomas Aquinas believed in ghosts? I legitimately did not. I came across an interesting article on weirdcatholic.com, Love that name. Amazing. It's called St. Thomas Aquinas Believed in Ghosts. All right. (laughs) That's wonderfully to the point. Yes, very to the point. Uh, It was posted by Thomas McDonald on September 11th, 2018. There are a number of articles about ghosts and Catholicism. So if you are interested in that kind of thing, definitely head over to weirdcatholic.com. There's another article I enjoyed called The Wild Hunt and the Purgatorial Procession, also by Thomas McDonald. But we're not here to talk about that. Not right now, but if anything is about the wild hunt, you could bet I will be talking about it sometime later. Oh, yeah. It was fascinating. I <laughs> I, I really recommend um, a lot of articles, actually, by Thomas McDonald. Excellent. I haven't even heard of that website before, so I'm very excited no. <laughs> I to go spend an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. it will. It's definitely one that if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can certainly spend a few hours reading yeah oh oh and i will what's that put off all the other things i have to do to learn what the catholics believe about ghosts you got mm-hmm. it <laughs> yep oh but no we are here to talk about home dean hall the college's 103 year old tutor style administration and faculty building this 22 room mansion was built by the edward lowe family in 1908 on the site of the former mccoy dairy farm the lowe family was socially prominent in the early 20th century Edward's grandfather was Richard E. Butterworth, namesake of Butterworth Hospital, and they even hosted President Theodore Roosevelt overnight in 1911. The building was also visited by a young Gerald R. Ford in 1939. He is a lot older than I thought he was. After the Lowe's, it served as the ill-fated University of Grand Rapids. Then in 1945, Aquinas College was moved there from its site in downtown Grand Rapids. So there's a lot of history here and a lot of names attached to it. Yes. In fact, I found an article on my old Fox station, Fox 17's website, entitled Home Dean Hall, Haunted or Just Full of History. Por que no los dos? Right. There's also a 10-minute video that you can watch attached to the article. Uh, 
according to an MLive article also from a few years ago entitled Aquinas College Haunted Mansion Once Was Lodging Spot for Teddy Roosevelt. They are very proud of that. Apparently this pops up <laughs> again and again. <laughs> uh, the, the ghost stories surrounding this building didn't start until the 1980s when Gary Eberly, we mentioned him previously on the podcast and, and pronounced his name. Yep. <laughs> I was like, um, that's, that's not what we said. Whoops. <laughs> Very sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. <laughs> Eberly. Uh, he included them in his book, Haunted Houses of Grand Rapids, which I've read. It is well out of print. So thank you, Michigan Libraries. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Eberly is, I believe, still a professor in the English department at Aquinas. He also wrote a book of history about the college. The popular story people like to tell is that a boy drowned in a pond on the estate and he now haunts the property. People report hearing a child's laughter and footsteps, witnessing the lights of Holmdean Hall turn on and off when no one is inside, and even have seen a boy's face in the attic windows. Nicole Bray, whom we love, and Robert Duchesne say in their book, Ghosts of Grand Rapids, that none of the low children died in the house. However, they could not make the same claim for any servant's children. So a child could have died on the property. There just isn't any proof of it. Mm-hmm. Reading from the student newspaper, The Saint, quote, in 2005, paranormal investigator John Zappas visited the campus to investigate the supposed hauntings of the manor. He claims he felt the presence of numerous spirits, including a white woman and her black servant, along with a spirit residing in the attic. Zappas claimed there was a nasty negative male spirit in this house, and additionally, that there was a murder that took place in the first floor bedroom. However, there is no proof of this actually happening, end quote. So again... Some juicy stories without any proof. I find it interesting because normally we don't really or ever really hear about the race of a ghost. Yeah. Like, obviously, we attribute some ghosts, like, they attribute a lot of, like, plantation ghosts to slaves. And, you know, other ghosts could possibly be white people. I don't know. But I feel like it's really rare to have written down, like, an account of like this ghost was white this ghost was black yeah um and there isn't any more information about that just that or or who this this white woman was if she was a low or someone else right um and certainly not about her servant either was there a ghost in marshall in the hawaiian house i think that they thought was black hmm possibly because she was descended from um yeah yeah so yeah so yeah I, that's interesting because it's no it's not mentioned very often yeah so i just that no, not around here me. certainly <laughs> no 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 yeah no th- to be fair i don't i don't know what like other parts of the country are like um in terms of like their ghosts i have no idea but yeah mm-hmm. it's just that's that's so rare for that to come up in our research especially like we saw a white woman ghost and a black there it doesn't say male or female or non-binary no, or anything yeah so it just, just says and, her black and a black person and specifically specifically attached to this white woman yeah so that, that just struck me as wow that's odd that you know they actually could see their races and <laughs> like, yeah. oh you it's, can see skin color oh my goodness it's very specific yeah and like Un- unusually specific right and apparently like very strong spirits wow you could see their skin color like yeah i I, want to know other details like okay what color clothing were they wearing yeah but he doesn't say um who they were so huh i don't know interesting yeah totally 
For years, some among the housekeeping and security staff have reported strange occurrences such as elevators moving between floors without having been called, lights flickering, doors slamming on their own, rattling doorknobs, and seeing apparitions. There is a possible explanation for the elevator phenomena put forth by Eberly, I will say that correctly from now on, in the aforementioned Fox 17 video. The elevator is self-adjusting, so if it gets off alignment, it will suddenly readjust, which could startle some people. By the way, there is another video on YouTube posted by MLive in 2015 called Did You Know? Haunted Hall at Aquinas College that you can also check out. It mentions one of the low boys dying and falling down a dumbwaiter, but again, there is no proof of a child having died on the property, and I feel like one that tragic would have definitely made papers. Right, and they the stories you find often name the boy. I didn't write down his name because he didn't actually die right um i think he like moved to california or something and died out there he lived a full life okay he was fine he did not die so i don't know why people say that he did because he did not <laughs> yeah I, I don't know and that that just happens you know it's just like oh there's a ghost this must be there must be like some super tragic backstory to it you're like uh no but you know thanks for trying no. I did find the elevator explanation interesting because I'm pretty sure that's what happens with the elevator at Crazy Wisdom. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. It's a really old elevator. It is. It's it's from the 1920s, I believe, which would be probably the same time as this one. Maybe actually this one might actually be a little newer. Right. Um, but yeah, I've definitely been in that and it's kind of off. It's like a few inches or so off from the being aligned with the floor. And then you oh, kind of yeah. feel this like dunk and it shudders. And it freaks people out all the time, but it's it's just the elevator adjusting. That's it. That's why I don't like that thing, though. I hate that elevator. Yeah, that's why a lot of people <laughs> hate that elevator. I never take it. I don't care how much my back is hurting. I am not taking the elevator anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I got sort of stuck in it once, but it didn't take very long. I was just in there going, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and it. Uh, I think it took me down to the basement because um, when those kinds of elevators the self-adjusting kind of old style elevators if they get really off alignment where they have to be like reset they just take you down slowly to the bottom floor and then sit there oh yeah they're like readjust me please yeah so i could see maybe that's happening in home dean hall and people yeah. are like oh my god i didn't try to go to this floor some ghost must have called me to it like right. no it's it's just the elevator freaking out yeah that makes sense and it's not dangerous I mean, that may sound like crazy, but no, it's, it's not dangerous. It's just annoying. And the switch you have to throw to adjust it. It's like picture an old sci-fi movie. It's the giant switches that like Dr. Frankenstein oh, throws yeah. through the creature. It's one of those. Dude. It's really cool. The operator showed me once when I was down there. I want to um, throw that just once. Just be like, and just cackle evilly. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. There are two of them. I don't know what the other one did. He only showed me that one. And you actually have to be licensed in Michigan in order to throw that switch. Oh, my goodness. And you have to be licensed specifically in antique elevators is what he oh, told me. wow. So, okay. So, yeah, whenever the elevator needed a mechanic to come out, it was very expensive because he was a specialist. Oh, my literally. goodness. I hope it doesn't break anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, and it was always like Friday night after hours. Of so course. You had to pay the extra. Um, yeah, absolutely. 
so yeah, I can see having that personal experience with elevators. Um, I definitely can see that freaking people out, but it's fine. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Uh, so on M- Michigan's other side, michigansotherside.com, it includes stories about some of the other buildings on campus. In the comments, one person who lived in Ruby Hall, I might be mispronouncing that. It's a weird name. No idea. No offense to anyone named Ruby. Um, <laughs> so one person who lived in Ruby Hall reported hearing Latin whispers such as Pater Noster and the Apostles' Creed. Same person said they had a recurring dream of a, quote, woman girl thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, while living in Regina Hall that they only dreamt of in that room and witnessing a flying mini Christmas tree, as well as other strange occurrences. Another person reported hearing footsteps and a piano playing in Truby. There are multiple reports of the voices of children and a young woman and those darn flickering lights in Holmdean. So again, a place with a lot of history and a lot of stories. Honest to God, the scariest thing I think I could ever hear is whispering in Latin. Isn't that interesting? That is like horror movie shit. <laughs> right. That's something you hear in horror movie, like video games. Yeah. Yeah. It's very atmospheric. Oh my goodness. Like but it I'll makes take sense. everything else. But like, uh, of course. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. It makes sense. It's a, it's a Catholic college, but that's no, I don't want to hear that in the dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want to hear that in the dark. Yeah. I don't know if it's different if you're Catholic, but. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't know. the stuff of horror movies. I'll ask Aaron. <laughs> I'll yeah. report back. <laughs> we'll ask our, ask our Catholic friends and see if that would creep them out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just thinking about that, just being in, like, a dark basement, and you just hear somebody murmuring in Latin in the dark, and I'm like, nope, I'm done. I'm out. We're done. We're done. Yeah, or, like, a, a dark chapel at night. Oh, God. Yeah. And somebody just comes up behind you with, like, a really heavy crucifix. You're done. Anyway, (laughs) enough of my nightmares. Uh, Next, we're jumping over to another private college, Baker. Uh, It claims to be the largest independent college in the state of Michigan with nearly 16,000 students across multiple campuses. We are discussing the main campus specifically, the one in Owasso. Baker College was originally established in 1911 in Flint, and they basically expand by both establishing new campuses and buying smaller schools and rebranding them. So the the history here is a little different from other schools we've talked about. The Owasso campus was not originally Baker College, but was acquired by Baker College. Yeah, it was originally established as the Owasso Brewery in 1855 by John Goot. Goot? Goot. Good question. We're bad (laughs) at names. Um, Or just we have the weirdest names. I mean, we're a hodgepodge here in Michigan, so... And, and old-timey <laughs> names are hard for some reason. They're so much harder. Anyway, sorry, Mr. Goot. There was a large mineral spring, which was used to keep the cellars built under the brewery cool for aging brew and wine. You can read all about this in more detail, as well as see some pictures at shiawasihistory.com. We're just, we're just skimming it for you. We want to get to the ghost part. The spring water was said to be curative, and people began to flock to this new health spa, so to speak. Ghost Quest claims that two of the current residence halls, Hottie and Kurtz, I can pronounce those, were once part of the Owasso Sanitarium, 
And if you go to Shiawassee history, you can see an old pamphlet for the sanitarium. John Goote is mentioned on the pamphlet, but George J. Goote is listed as the proprietor. You could read all about the spring water's supposed curative properties. Shiawassee history also claims that the underground spring from which everyone was drinking would have been filtered through the soil of the Oak Hill Cemetery located across the street, which is super gross. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Ew. Because <Ew. laughs> it's like, not like it's a modern cemetery where bodies are like encased in concrete. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. Ugh. Ew. Oh, okay. Like, thank you so much, Shiawassee history, for putting that in my brain. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm happy that we don't live there, even if it's a modern filtration system and coming from a completely different area. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want it. I just know now. I know. Yeah. If I ever go to Owasso again, which I might, I'm, I'm going to think of that. I mean, sure, there's a decent chance <laughs> that I'm not going to drink any water. <laughs> might not. Sorry, um, bottled only when I'm there, please. Thanks. Yep. yep. <laughs> Sorry, friends. <laughs> So think about that, Owasso listeners. But uh, after the spring dried up, so it did dry up, so maybe we're safe, <laughs> the land was sold and became a seminary. And after several more incarnations, was eventually acquired by Baker College, which brings us up to today. Residents of those aforementioned halls have reported cold spots, seeing shadowy figures, hearing disembodied voices, laughter and footsteps, having frequent nightmares, being scratched in their sleep, feeling uneasy, or as if they are being watched. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Two, yeah. Two popular stories that cannot be proven are that a woman committed suicide and now haunts the grounds, and our least favorite explanation for a haunting ever, the campus was built on an old Native American burial ground. It was not. Or if it was, it can't be proven. Please stop. Yeah. Again, can't be proven. Popular story, can't be proven. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's a cemetery nearby. We got that. But... Yeah. <laughs> Not a Native American burial ground. You have dead white people. What do you need to bother the Native Americans for? Right. Uh, several people have shared their personal experiences over at hauntedplaces.org. One person says, quote, there's been numerous times where I've been sitting on the couch in the living room alone and out of the corner of my eye, it looks like someone is peeking their head through the doorway of my bedroom. However, I have the room to myself. When I turn my head to look, there's nothing there. End quote. Another person said, quote, this happened on the top floor of, great, another another name. <laughs> Heidi Hall? Heidi Hall? Hitty Hall? Hitty Hall? Hitty Hall? Please someone email us with the correct pronunciations of things. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> this yeah, happened on the I top am. floor of, of Heidi Hall. I'm going to say that because it's funnier. I was dating this girl and her friend that lived next door to her room had gotten attacked. She comes running out of her room crying hysterically. She said something had held her down to the bed. She had Freddy Krueger marks down her back about six, uh, about six 12-inch welds. And if you don't know what a Freddy Krueger mark is, one, shame on you, two, it's giant-ass claw marks. Yeah. I had photos, but something happened to my computer. Strange enough, my girlfriend at the time always complained about unusual cuts on her hands, end quote. Yeah, I feel like Freddy Krueger marks, that's gigantic yeah like uh is she alive yeah I, i'm sure he's speaking with hyperbole but dang right oh my god six 12 inch welts yeah Oof. that would take up a lot of your back too yeah so others in the comments report seeing moving shadows shadowy figures and experiencing sleep paralysis 
there's a lot of history here, just like with Aquinas. But as you said, no facts to back anything up. What do you think is is happening here in these two places? Um, that's a really good question. I think these are some super old buildings that are probably kind of drafty. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. It doesn't. They- in my head, like hauntings don't necessarily have to be people that either died there or had something huge happen to them there. It could just be that there have been so many people and so much energy constantly throughout the lives of these buildings that it's just built up energy that's just manifesting in, in the ways that people know already that ghosts manifest, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I people are so bent on. Well, someone must have died here. Well, I mean, not necessarily. <laughs> like, right. I, that's just not a requirement for me. Um, just having heard so many different things. Um, I mean, time could be overlapping, dimensions could be overlapping. Like, it, there's so many things that could be going on here. I don't. I don't think anyone necessarily died in either of these places. Right. I don't. I don't either. I mean, they could have been sick and that could have been traumatizing for them. But then again, it could have just been, you know, a part of their life that they'll quite literally always remember. Or again, I kind of think it's because people have such defined ideas about what a haunting is and what a ghost is that not only like they're not like they're not having false um, or fake experiences, Mm-hmm. But it's more like, I know, I have been told that ghosts show up as shadowy figures in the corner of my eye. So whatever that was, that's a ghost. Like, that's exactly what I'm seeing is a yeah. shadow figure or something. Like, I, I totally believe that all of these people are legit. I don't know about the scratches. That's that's a pretty wild story. Yeah. <laughs> I legit don't know about the scratches. Yeah, I couldn't explain that one. It's interesting, though. It's very so, interesting. If it's true, it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm always interested when some kind of entity or whatever makes physical contact because it's not something that happens often. It's always a wonder to me. And I know with, with the sanitarium thing, a lot of people hear sanitarium and they're like, oh, they tortured people. And Oh, yeah. It wasn't, as far as I can tell, it wasn't that kind of sanitarium. It was a, a spa and like like bath. Like you go and you drink the waters and they're yeah. supposed to miraculously heal you. There was a similar place here in Ypsilanti actually. I can't imagine people drinking the water of the Huron. I know it was much cleaner back then, but right. <laughs> we very quickly destroyed like all of our rivers in Michigan. Thanks yeah. to the mills. But yeah, like it wasn't a place where you sent, you know, your relatives to, you know, keep them away. It was people went there because they had gout or something and they would drink the magic water filtered by the cemetery and it would supposedly cure them. Um, yeah. Cause you, there's, I mean, there's a picture of the pamphlet on Shiawassee history, and you can see that it's not that kind of sanitarium. Yeah, it, like what we today would call a health spa. Right. It's not for tuberculosis or something. It's just... Yeah. Well, people probably went there to try to cure their tuberculosis, but they went there voluntarily. Right. It's they weren't not, committed. It's not a hospital. It's not an insane asylum. It's a place you go to get healthy. Yeah. And they really liked Latin back then. Latin was like fancy, so... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta have the fancy. Yeah, but I love that it started as a brewery. That's amazing. <laughs> That's I my favorite. I wasn't expecting that. It went from oh. brewery to health spa to seminary to college. 
Oh, I, I feel, think so a few other things. <laughs> I feel like that's a natural progression. Oh, yes. <laughs> that seems like the right way of things to me. Brewery to college. Yeah. Yeah. Um, colleges could be said to just be, you know, really expensive breweries. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of breweries around University of Michigan. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan knows how to do some beer. That's what they do. Oh, yeah. Definitely. All right. Next, we are traveling north across across the Mighty Mac, all the way to Northern Michigan University in Marquette. NMU, quote, was established in 1899 by the Michigan legislature as Northern State Normal School to offer teacher preparation programs in Michigan's then wild and sparsely populated Upper Peninsula, end quote. It became a university in 1963, just six years after the opening up of the Mackinac Bridge, uh, the use of which boosted enrollment, as it would do, because now yeah. you can drive and you don't have to take a boat. Yeah. <laughs> or go through Wisconsin, which no one is going to do. That's a long drive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today, it is the UP's largest university with around 8,000 enrolled undergrad and grad students. Thanks, Wikipedia. Uh, so what spooky things go on in M- NMU, Krista? I can't. That's too many, too many consonants. Namu. At Namu. Namu. What doesn't go on at Namu? Uh-oh. Hauntedplaces.org says that a young woman's face appears in the window of the control room of the John X. Jamrich building. I apologize if I pronounced that wrong. That's the only mention of that location that I found. But I think at some someplace else, I think mentioned the woman's face too. So don't know. But also mentioned there is room 304 of Halverson Hall. Come on, you can get that one. We can do that. Got to do my tongue twisters before I start <laughs> recording. <laughs> right? Um, so room 304 of Halverson Hall is a story that is repeated in an article I found entitled, Is Northern Michigan University Haunted? I love all these article yeah. titles. I love it when places do this. It makes them so easy to find. <laughs> Uh, the story goes that a student hanged herself and now haunts the room. Jesus. That sound, sounds familiar. Yeah. The sounds of fingernails on a chalkboard were also reported on the third floor. Dear God. <laughs> I hate that sound. That's the worst. I amend my <laughs> thing about the Latin. Oh. I amend my statement about the Latin. It's now oh. this. What if you had both at the same time? Okay. I. You might as well. Yes. Just hack me down with that machete because I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to live after that. Oh, oh, yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Halverson Hall was torn down in 2017. Dang it. And uh, I know. No word on if the new resident building is also haunted. If you know anything, listeners, please let us know. You can email us at contacthauntedmitten at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Haunted Mitten. Please, if we have any uh, Namu, that's what we're just calling your university for now. If we have any, if we have any Namu listeners, please let us know. Yeah, it's affectionately Namu. It's yeah. really beautiful up there. Um, I visited with my husband. He almost went there, actually. Nice. And ended up at Tulane instead. Totally different part of the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> he went super north, and then he went super south. Literally from one border to another. Yeah. How funny. Yeah. Um, when when we drove, when we went on our adventure, we drove past NMU, I believe. Didn't I believe we? so. It was pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful nice. up there. Yeah. It, it's really beautiful. Well, the most popular story at Namu is that of Perry Fizat, a former custodian at Forest Roberts Theater, who is said to have died in the theater. 
the book Creepy Colleges and Haunted Universities by Cynthia Thuma and Catherine Lower says that he died while working in the elevator. Another elevator. Mm-hmm. Elevators a lot, actually, now yes. I'm thinking about it. Yes. A lot of elevators. Perry was known as a friendly guy with a good sense of humor who whistled while he worked. Since his death, people have reported still hearing that whistle throughout the building, as well as continuing to feel his presence. People also report that the elevator seems to have a mind of its own and plays jokes on riders by taking them in the opposite direction of the one they selected, or even in, or even taking them nowhere at all. I did find a Perry D. Fazat, again, I apologize, Right. Um, in the area on Find a Grave, Family Search, and My Heritage. But none of them gave an obituary or cause of death. But he was 57 and fought in World War II, which matches what the books say about him. So I can't verify whether or not he actually died in the theater. But there are enough sources that say he did. And it's a recent enough history that I won't discount it. It's entirely possible um, that he did. As for whether or not he is now haunting the theater, I also couldn't say. (laughs) you know, what do people mean when they say they've sensed his presence? Um, is the behavior of the elevator really that unusual? We talked about this earlier in this episode. Mm-hmm. Is Perry the one manipulating it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I believe Haunted Colleges and Universities by Tom Ogden said that people have seen Perry, but uh, unfortunately I don't have that book in front of me. I had to return it to the library. That uh, that was actually a hard book to get my hands on, <laughs> unfortunately. Um but both both of the haunted colleges books do repeat the same story so it's it's a popular one and and it seems um pretty well documented because it it was fairly recently that he passed away yeah i i yeah i totally buy this one and that sucks that's really sad if he is hanging around i think that's really nice that he like it, it sounds like because of the whistling that he liked where he worked he liked it there so yeah he liked his job um He's still maybe hanging around, keeping an eye on things. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he's not stuck there, so to speak, and he's just visiting. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you do when you're dead. <laughs> we don't know that yet. Okay. We'll get there. And maybe he, long he while. loved it so much that like a part of him is still there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's a nice story, but it's not a horrific story. It's, it's not the worst story we've told on this yeah. podcast so far. <laughs> Yeah, he that was suicide. Time. He died from natural causes. He was a little bit young, but it wasn't a, a horrendous death. Yeah, um, I think actually, my father was fifty-seven when he passed too. So, you know, kind of young, but he, he, got he lived, lived a solid seemed, life. Yeah, he seemed you. to have lived a pretty good life. Yeah, um, he survived World War Two. <laughs> That's yeah. He sounds like a really interesting guy, actually. So he did great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the combination of a haunted theater and elevator because we're just taking two <laughs> two tropes of hauntings and we're just smashing them in one building. Seriously. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we've got whistling, we've got theaters, we've got elevators, we got everything. Yeah. Yeah. They've you got want it a haunted all. building. You want to experience every kind of haunting ever in one building. There you go. I found it. One beautiful location. Right? <laughs> All right, well, let's head back down south for this last one to Adrian, Michigan. Not that far from here, actually. Santa Heights University it, uh, was founded as St. Joseph's College in 1919 by the Adrian Dominican Sisters. It was renamed Siena Heights College after St. Catherine of Siena in 1939. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I had no idea why it was called that. 
1969, it became co-educational. And in 1998, it was renamed Siena Heights University, which, of course, it remains to this day. The main location that I ran into multiple times is room 211 in, quote, the old section of the dorms. All right. Yeah, I have not been to this university, so I don't know what precisely that means. I get um, it. My first university had, like, like the old dorms. That, like, okay. that, if you got assigned to that, that sucked. Okay, because yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a particularly large university. It is a university, yeah. but yeah, it's not it's particularly basically- large, so... It sounds like it's just like, oh, that was like the first dorm that we built that's still standing. Uh, it's going to creak. It's a little drafty, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. That could be. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was, I mean, it was founded in 1919. So yeah. we've got some history here again. Uh, about, about 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's decent. Good job. Good job still sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> but I found a story about room 211 on hauntedplaces.org and another on ghoststoriesworld.com a domain that does not seem to exist anymore so it's a good thing i copied and saved that tale oh no oh <laughs> I, yeah RIP. i've been running into that a, a bit yeah when i try to go double check things and i'm like oh you're gone well good thing i copied that and saved oh, it oh for sure uh the person who wrote it said that this took, took place in the 1970s so okay going back a bit she said that the doors to the room as well as the bathroom would open and shut on their own even if locked and glowing points shaped like eyes would appear in a wall that the room shared with a boarded up laundry chute so there wasn't like a room on the other side and i will let Kay read what the students did to deal with this phenomenon oh no all right let's do it uh <laughs> attempts okay this is a quote attempts were made to explain their appearance they were visible anytime it was dark in the room they were screened off from the windows to see if they might be reflections. They weren't. When objects were placed between them and the windows, they actually became brighter. Uh, it says, we tried painting the walls, sandpapering, and putting several coats of paint over them, thinking they may have been a joke of a previous resident made with glow-in-the-dark paint. They still appeared bright as ever after the painting. We tried covering them over by hanging a picture over them, but the picture kept falling down or moving. Last attempt to hang a picture, it was a drawing on a piece of paper and simply taped to the wall, resulted in us waking up the next morning to find it taped to the ceiling over my bed. We finally moved a tall dresser in front of it, and that seemed to take care of it. Reports from later residents told us that they had placed a mirror over it, and they had a rocker in the room. One night during a party with several witnesses, the rocker began rocking on its own, then flew back and smashed the mirror. Pretty weird. Oh my god okay yeah. all right creepy eyes you win and another student who graduated in 2014 so many decades after this last account took place reported that she believes she was in the same room number 211 for two years i don't know what she means by she believes it was the same room um I either assume... they renumbered rooms yeah. after some kind of refurbishment or like me she has no idea what dorm number she was in i have no idea True. what mine was that's true the door would slam shut even when the windows were closed so no breeze when she was showering she would hear knocking on the door and the doorknob rattle as if someone were trying to get in the lights flickered um, her wallet and phone would regularly go missing and she always found them in the same place under the bed shoved against the wall uh, she even witnessed her wallet move and slide off the dresser she often woke to the sound of footsteps in her room uh, nothing would stick to the walls, even with command strips. She reported that she felt there was an evil presence in the room, and she and her friends avoided hanging out there. 
at that point i wouldn't even sleep there yeah she lived there for two years why did she keep the same dorm i don't know (laughs) (laughs) may i mean maybe it works different at that college but no you if you you were you went in the raffle you know unless you specifically asked for the same one yeah you got put somewhere else my friend yeah, I don't think any of my friends stayed in the same room. They no. always moved. Yeah. They always wanted to move. None of them liked their rooms. Oh, yeah. No, get me out of there. The only one I liked was one of the apart, like on-campus. No, the, the on-campus apartment that you lived in with me. That was yeah, the only that was a one nice I liked. Apartment. <laughs> that, that was a nice sweet. one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, not a dorm, though. I hated that place. I would not yeah. stay there for more than a year. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think I would just start putting my wallet and my phone in that place. Just keep it under the bed. Yeah, forget it. This is where it lives now. See if they move. Yeah. (laughs) Fine. You want it there? Cool. At least I know where it's going to be. Yeah. (laughs) But I I wonder if she thinks it was the same room just because the phenomenon was kind of similar. That's a good point. Um, No mention of of glowing eyes. But uh, Yeah. yeah, the glowing eyes is interesting. And like part of me wonders if... I don't know if she was exaggerating all of the things that they did, if it really was like a glowing paint. But I mean, she says they sanded the wall and painted over it, and that yeah. should have taken care of it. Right. I don't care how strong your glow in the dark paint is. Like, yeah, it's going to take done care it. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Interesting. I don't know. And I mean, could they be making up these stories? It is the internet. I don't know. But oh, they, yeah. there's certainly stories that get passed around quite a bit. For sure. Again, email us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we want to hear more. MichiganHauntedHouses.com has two stories. One just posted in October of 2020. The first, from 2016, so not that much before, says, quote, two of my good friends have encountered what we believe to be the same ghost or spirit in the same place a year apart. In the third floor bathroom on the girl's side of the floor, they saw they both saw a girl with long dark hair out of the corner of her eye, and then she was gone. The first girl saw her reflection in the mirror and went to compliment her on her nice white dress, but she turned around and the girl was gone. The next experience, a girl walked out of a stall and saw a girl with long, dark hair standing next to her. But when she turned, no one was there. End quote. So it was moaning Myrtle in the bathroom from (laughs) from the second Harry Potter book. Done. Got it. Quiet, but but silent, I guess. But not annoying. I don't know. Sorry, Myrtle. You were you were very helpful. I'm sorry. Yeah, lots of of haunted bathrooms like that. That's really common in dorms. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> I feel like I can't remember. I I lived in my first college. We won't get into that. But in my first college, I th- I believe I lived in the oldest dorm hall on campus, and we definitely had stories. And I believe one of them was about one of the bathrooms but i don't remember i don't think it was my floor but i don't remember what floor but we definitely had a ghost story about the bathroom okay yeah, the and more... a girl's bathroom boy bathrooms don't have these stories i don't know i feel like they don't i feel like it's always like <laughs> the, the women's bathroom yeah we're more emotional you know girls i guess i don't know and obviously i'm being facetious here but like you know we're, we're just we're more emotional women are more in touch with their yeah we're more in touch with our intuition on that side you know they tend to be like women are definitely raised to be more in tune and like pay more attention because you're supposed to respond to other people's emotions oh a thousand percent um Um, we are socially and culturally 
Um, and I won't get into all of this either, but yeah, we're, we're, we're socially and culturally, uh, raised to be incredibly intuitive to other people's feelings and emotions. Yeah. Like I definitely noticed that having grown up, not really feeling like a woman or a mm. girl since I was younger, I definitely felt that was being pushed on me. Right. Um, and I was just like, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> like I'm already sensitive enough for my brain, not being able to tune out sensory <laughs> experiences right. you're like i'm good <laughs> yeah i don't need any more <laughs> and i i kind of resent that that was being expected of me right like no screw you <laughs> deal with it yourself <laughs> if you want to know about these emotions you figure it out yeah like why do i have to be the bearer of your emotions uh, thanks society anyway ghosts yeah yeah uh, so the more recent commenter um, from 2020 lived on the third floor of Ledwidge. Ledwidge? Sure. Yeah, we'll go with that. And reported hearing, quote, tapping on the walls at night and what sounded like furniture moving on the floor above. These are also pretty common things you hear in haunted houses. Mm -hmm. um, also, when she was leaving the communal bathroom one night, she saw a nun who vanished while she was looking at her. She also reports in her new dorm, some things have fallen off the walls and door and a suite mate heard her chair move, but when she looked, it hadn't actually moved. So again, hearing moving furniture. Uh, someone wrote a personal account on the website Odyssey, which uh, it looks like a medium or vocal media type site where just kind of anyone can post. The article is called, Is Sienna Heights Haunted? A First Person <laughs> Experience. Again, <laughs> I love these articles. They're great. Oh, amazing. Um, and she talks about mysterious knocking when no one was there and hearing similar stories from other students. So the person who wrote this article is convinced the place is haunted, but I was disappointed that they did not, um, she didn't offer more, more stories, I guess. Yeah. It didn't take much to convince her, apparently. I mean, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes... You're like, I am definitely home alone in my house. And those are footsteps. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm super jaded, but I'm like, oh yeah, this all just sounds like a, like a regular, like normal haunting. Yeah. yeah most of these are, I want to say typical. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's how I feel. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm, cool. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. Haunted. Kind of, kind of generic. <laughs> and I feel like, well, is that more evidence that it's real or is, does that make it kind of evidence towards not being real because it is so like generic right well and also in a in a dorm situation i'm more hesitant to be like you're haunted because holy cow a lot of people live there yeah yeah so in and out of there all yeah, the so time many people in and out lots of energy you've got young people coming in teenagers young adults yeah and old buildings too yeah um you've probably got maybe you're dealing with some old plumbing some old wiring because those places are never top of the line come oh, on no please <laughs> they're dorms we're not wasting money on students no <laughs> that's what off-campus housing is for yeah please yeah so i so i'm i'm definitely hesitant like i fully believe that these people have experienced things and they could be supernatural or paranormal in some fashion but i'm like ah you live in a dorm and i i chalked basically any noise i heard up to like somebody else <laughs> somebody's got to be awake right now yeah and and they're young people who are probably away from home for the first time yeah. experiencing all kinds of new things they're, I, they're definitely experiencing things 100 mm -hmm. i believe that but what they're experiencing i don't know i don't know <laughs> no idea i don't know 
All right, that wraps our second episode on Michigan's haunted universities and colleges. I'm sure we will have more. The state has a ton of them. But uh, we've said it a couple times. I'll say it again. Email contacthauntedmitten at gmail.com if you've got any stories of your own. We would love to hear them. I unfortunately don't have any from EMU, which sucks because I was always in the newer buildings. But, you know, we for even from um, universities or colleges we haven't mentioned yet send us your stories we, we we want to hear them we want to talk about them if you will allow the, us to talk about them definitely and don't forget to like and review our podcast so where people can find us um follow us on facebook twitter instagram the whole deal you know all all the all those fun places at haunted mitten you can find me at k gray writes like you write stuff down so with a w um pretty much anywhere but if you try facebook i probably i won't respond sorry i just hate that place yeah that's all and you can find me krista at krista k coburn also facebook twitter instagram i probably will respond because i kind of have them all connected so I yeah I see you're things. you're like the responsible and up on it social media user yeah and i'm easily distracted so i, I get into things yeah. <laughs> i have my phone on me like at all times uh, we are also on Patreon. Yeah, we are. Yay. $1 a month gets you access to the private Haunted Mitten Discord server, as well as exclusive Patreon content. Our first 10 patrons receive a glow-in-the-dark enamel pin, which is super cool. Who you doesn't want, want that? Yeah. Come on. Who does not want that? Have we given our, our one patron her pin yet? Yes, we have. Excellent. Love you, Haley. Shout out. Maybe we'll even do shout outs. You want to hear your name read on a podcast that'll be on the internet till the end of time? Yeah. Yeah, you know you do. We'll do it. You know you do. <laughs> don't pretend like you don't. You want that. Um, yeah, and then come hang out with us on Discord. I'm literally always on. You can talk to me at any time of day. Um, when I wake up in the middle of the night, I will probably check Discord. Come talk to me. Yeah, it's, again, I'm on my phone all yeah. the time. <laughs> Look. Look, it's been quarantined for almost a year now. I, we need, please. I post memes. You we need can look contact. at my my goofy ghost memes. We need we need human contact. We need ghost contact. Ghostly contact. Right. <laughs> anyway, enough of our begging. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, and as always, happy haunting. <laughs>